All right. Welcome back to another episode of Ask the Expert, guys. Today, we have Rick Rawl from Navigator Private Capital. So this conversation is valuable if you're a broker or an agent. This can be valuable to you because it's a difference in getting a deal funded, in a, and especially in a tumultuous environment or in a house with, with that needs major repairs. This is a way for you to capitalize investors, even if they're new investors. And we'll talk more about the, the way they kind of underwrite based on experience level and, and and whatnot. But I, I think that whether you're an investor or in brokerage on listening to this, the Rick and, and these guys, they have a program for just about anything. As you guys know, in this series, Ask the Expert, we always look for people outside of our wheelhouse that are experts in their own space, but can benefit both our company and more importantly, you guys and your business and the consumers you're serving. So Rick has a background in brokerage. Uh, he's got investment experience, uh, banking, mortgage banking experience, and private money experience. So, Rick, I'll let you tell a little bit more about yourself, and uh, then we'll jump in. Great. Well, Chad, thanks again for the invite. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, we did search you out. Uh, we like the product, the platform that you, that you've developed. It's very much of interest to us, and it fits a lot into what we do. So let's start out with you know, who we are and what we are. So we started this in 2005. We were looking for an, an opportunity to serve um, primarily our investors and, and um, through them, uh, our realtors that we help with um, to get funding in about two to three weeks um, you know, from start to finish on properties that are in disrepair. Um, really, the base of our business is uh, we have an investor that comes to us, or a realtor brings us an investor who has a dream for a property. Um, could be a single unit, could be a multifamily, could be a big apartment building. Uh, and they want to go in and make a difference. They want to redo the house, put out a good product, and then they want to sell it. Uh, or they may want to hold it, but let's say they're going to sell it and they make a nice profit. And ultimately, there's a family or an individual put in a house, and it makes a difference in that neighborhood. That's what really makes us tick. We, we give back that way. We never do any joint ventures. Um, we don't take any of the profits. Um, we just want to make sure that our clients are going to be profitable. And that's really what differentiates us from hard money. We've never had a prepayment penalty. We never will. We don't have any adjustable rates, only fixed rates. Terms go from 12 to 24 months, whatever the client needs. And we sit in the box. That's okay, because that's really what we do. Uh, it's our money. We're not answering to a bank or a hedge fund or anything of that nature. We've done thousands of these. In the traditional side, our concern is that our investors get out making a profit or get out refinancing um, and keeping the property. So in a nutshell. Let's see, I, I was in the traditional mortgage business for 14 years, done um, my own lending company and brokerage company. Um, did a lot of FHA loans, a lot of VA, Fannie, Freddie. Made it through the crash. Um, liked it, but did, did not like all the restrictions that came along with the government loans. There's nothing wrong with them. Just uh, we saw, and I have two other business partners, um, a need in the marketplace um, for um, reliable, consistent funding that was be wasn't being served by traditional lenders. Um, and a lot of people called hard money. Uh, we took about three, four years developing our product, our back-end systems, and raising capital. Um, so we started the company about five years ago. Um, I'm also a licensed real estate broker. I'm a past president of a local board of realtors in Arundel County, uh, Maryland. We have roughly about 3,000 
uh, members, so very familiar with um, the realtor needs, and I know that's uh, a, a segment of um, your customer base that I think we we could serve very well. Um, we obviously serve investors, um, but we also had a title company at one time. So really, from the, the real estate side, the title side, and the lending side, we have a, a long background, um, upwards of 25, 30 years apiece between the three of us. You've got diverse experience in real estate. <clears throat> You've been able to see the challenges and frustrations from the angle of an investor, a broker, and a banker. And uh, now you guys kind of fill in the gaps and all those. Kind of my perception of, of what you, how you see like your profession now, right? Like you can serve all the places you've been. You can serve with where you are now. Um, <clears throat> and I think you know that's something that the, what what I liked about our first conversation, you know not just anybody get does these calls with us. We, we try to make sure that, that, you know, the companies or the people and the people are a good value fit. And, and, you know, just like we teach all of you guys, you know, th there should never be a time where you can't provide a service and be paid no matter why your phone rings. Like if, if there's a re if you have a junk lead in your business and you ran out of skill set, you, you, it's not a junk lead. You know, they're not going to be as competitive on, on rates and cost as, as a community bank might be, but they're also not going to be such a pain in the ass in underwriting. So there's a balance with everything and, and there's, there's a use, you know, having a good understanding of all the financing available to you and to your clients is really important. And you guys have heard me, you know, we've had estate advanced companies. We've had, we haven't had any community banks on here, but you've heard me on my soapbox talking about community banks. And this is somewhere in between, right? Like, or, or hard money. And this is something different that I think it, it deserves some, some space here. So Rick, let's talk about the, the different programs. I mean, I, when, when you explained it to me, I kind of see this as, as an X, like an, an X axis, a Y axis and a Z axis. So X would be the, the amount of experience you've had. Um, you know, the, well, how many deals have you done? Y would be your credit score and Z might be, you know, the loan amount to kind of settle in on, on the, the, the you know, the, the origination points and, and the rate of, of a particular loan product. Um, that's just like, just the way I kind of digested it is you kind of look at multiple variables and choose and, and basically customize a, a loan product for each person's skill set and situation, but tell us about what it looks like and, and how you think uh, brokerage, you know, someone who's in, who's dealing with probate sellers who typically have a home that has, they're not, they're not in complete disrepair. Typically they have, you know, functional obsolescence or just, you know, they're just dated. So they need light rehabs. Um, a lot of times, you know, landlords love these, but a lot of times they're great flips, especially in areas like yours. But just kind of give them an understanding of, of how you would deal with, you know, that house that hasn't been updated in 20 years um, and, and some ways they might use your program. Sure. Let me, let me first start by this. Um, since I am, um, I'm a broker and I actually in Maryland allowed to have several licenses. So I have an associate broker's license with Keller Williams. Uh, we do a lot of businesses with uh, realtors um, uh, and we're allowed to come in house. And a lot of the lender, a lot of the brokerages will have in-house lenders that, uh, um, they don't want to bring in someone else because they're renting a desk or space, and, they, and it's just part of a business model, which I agree with and I like. We don't compete. Uh, I have yet to find any brokerage that we compete with their in-house lenders. We just augment their services. So, um, you know, if you want to talk to a manager or, you know, hey, this is what we can bring, we really help realtors um, close more deals, and we can do them quickly and efficiently. So let's talk about the hierarchy of what we're looking at for 
um, a deal. And you had indicated, you know, that we are not a community bank. And, you know, if, if we are one thing, we are brutally honest, which is their community bank is going to be cheaper. A conventional loan is going to be cheaper. Our rates range from 8 to 12 percent, one to three points. Um, but we're always looking to work with our clients. Those are fixed rates, just interest only payments. Um, so it, we're not we're not hard and fast. If, if we need to make a, a movement on a rate or points to make the deal work, we're going to make it work because we're in the business relationship business. We just happen to lend money. So we want to show that we value our clients. And in doing so, it's not only the services that we bring, but the, the cost. And can we can we work with those numbers with them? Um, doesn't mean we're going to do every deal because I'm not going to do every deal, but we're really giving every deal a good look to ensure that it's going to be profitable for the client and that we're protected and they're protected. Um, so when it comes to the clients, um, we've been doing this a long time and we really have a hierarchy of what determines whether someone's going to be successful. And the first thing is experience. So we basically have three experience levels, which is one, I have done this before. I watched HDTV. This is so simple. How can I, how am I ever going to lose money? Um, and then we have an honest conversation with them. And while we like that to be the case, you know, oftentimes the realist and every one of us knows who's done this, that is not the case. It actually takes a lot of diligence and a lot of hard work to make this work. But we do, first time, um, flippers. And so that's that, that with someone has no experience. Then we have a uh, second level. But, so that's really zero to one, depending on the size and the capacity of the deal. Meaning, you know, is it a large rehab? Is it a, is it a medium rehab? Is it a, you know, just um, some lipstick on a pig, as we call it, you know, some paint and carpet. Um, and then we have, so that's, that's no experience. And then we have moderate experience, which is anywhere from two to three deals. Um, and that's someone who's got in, done the deals, understand it. And we have um, four or more deals. And these are all within the last three years because we want to be dealing with individuals. You know, if you're in real estate, it's location, location, location. And it's also location, 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 contractor, permitting, um, you know, handling all the little things that you're not thinking of. So we want to know that they have been doing this. And if they did it 20 years ago, we'll give them some experience. But we want to know that they know what's going on in today's marketplace. So uh, we have experience levels. And with that come different lending capacities that we'll give them. An experienced individual, typically we're going to lend 85% cost, um, meaning that if you had a house for buck fifty and you wanted to put fifty grand into it, it's $200,000, we are going to need 30000 into the deal to make sure it works. Um, and that's really your buy-in to make sure that you're going to be successful because we want to make sure that you have uh, the the liquid funds to ensure you're going to be profitable. Um, the second thing is cash, which comes right into your down payment. Do you have enough money to get in? And if the deal goes sideways, which they do a lot, um, to handle those type of contingency reserves, um, problems when you open up a wall when you didn't count for termites or bad wiring. And that's another thing that really differentiates us is that we're very concerned with making sure that you're getting paid for the work that you do and that if you have items in the house that weren't accounted for, how are we going to account for them? How are we going to pay for them? Sometimes, not all the times, we'll add it into the loan. Other times, we'll talk to the contractors and see if they will have a workout of getting paid on the end. We're not here to stick you with a deal that's not going to close. We're here to make this deal work and make it efficiently work efficiently as possible, which means getting it done in the quickest time possible because time is money. 
Every day you have that house out there and it's not finished. There's a chance for a pipe to break, an enterprising kid in the neighborhood to throw a rock through a window, somebody to help themselves through HVAC, uh, and that's a problem. So getting your repairs done quickly and getting paid for them quickly is, is paramount to us. Everything we do is 100% automated. Um, so we will work out cash situations on specific deals. And as I said before, we're in the business relationship business. The more you do, the more you understand with us that we're here to be your partners, not just somebody who has their hand out for their monthly payment. That's not our business model at all. You had indicated uh, loan amount too, but, and I think you'd indicated credit score. What we're looking for for someone that doesn't have any experience is at least a 680 credit score, and that's a middle score. Um, and we, you can take everything that you know about um, conventional loans, FHA, BA, Fannie, Freddie, and you can throw it out the window. Um, conventional loans, if you have two borrowers, they want, you know, they're going to take the middle score of the lowest of the two. We are, if you have three people on an LLC, whoever has the highest middle score, that's who we use. So we're trying to find ways to make the deals work. Um, if you have experience, we'll go down to 600. Um, and if you have a 595, are we going to work with you? The answer is yes. But we want to know why you had an issue. You know, we're not here to continue uh, credit. We're here to help you, you know, fix your issues and move on and make money. Um, in regards to loan amounts, um, you know, our minimum loan size is $75,000. And a lot of people will say, well, why you're not serving other areas? It's just time for us. We work just as hard on a $75,000 loan as we do on a $750,000 loan. And it's really where our time is best served. And we're very upfront that we want to help everybody. It's just we have a demarcation line there. We always get asked, will you do $74,000 based on everything I'm telling you? Yes, but I'm not doing $65,000. We want to be here to work, um, but we need to make sure that you know, we're, we're putting our effort where it's best um, loan amounts go up to $2 million without blinking an eye. Will we do more than that? Yes, we've done 20 apartment um, buildings for seven, eight, $10 million. Um, you know, so we will do, you know, we're ultimately concerned with what is our client's goal and what is their end marketplace. So if it's I'm buying a, a single family residence and I want to buy it, uh, renovate it, and sell it, fine, that's no issue. Um, because you're going to readily, depending on your marketplace, have buyers and products to take them out. Uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac will do up to four units, same with uh, FHA. So we know that you could do a takeout on that, whether it's a refinance or reselling. The, when we get over four units, uh, you have five-unit marketplace. COVID has really hit this market hard. Um, we do have uh, the ability to do, as I said, large apartment buildings or over five units. But we want to know what the long-term goal is, how to get out of the product. And we do have ways to refinance out of it uh, with, um, you know, long-term financing for over five units. But we want to make sure that we educate our borrowers right up front. It's always about putting a good foundation down. And we know that the road may change some, um, but knowing what your goals are and trying to help be your partner in this to meet your goals is what's paramount to us. So we have experience, cash loan size and credit score. I think we covered that. Any Let's talk questions about, in Rick, regards? So you like, we've, we've spent most of our time so far talking about your, your fix and flip product. And I think it's important to, to recognize that there's a lot of opportunities. I'll tell you, you know, when I think back over the hundreds and hundreds of houses that I've represented other people on, 
um, mainly the ones I've passed to my investors. I think about all the opportunity and all the equity I sold off into somebody else's balance sheet, right? So the other, the other thing that was really interesting to me is you guys have a really attractive uh, long-term buy and hold loan. So yeah, it's, it's just to, to, to get this clear in your, in your mind, guys, you know, a traditional hard money lender, they're, they're fix and flip quick turn capital. Um, and typically when we're looking for long-term buy and hold, we're going to potentially use hard money, but then we're looking to refinance as quickly as possible. I prefer doing that with community banks. Um, the benefit in working with, with, with Rick is they kind of have it all in house. Um, you don't have to go scramble to refinance because you're getting, you know, acceptable terms on, on your acquisition. So let's talk a little bit about how, you know, like a realtor who's, who's like, Oh man, I could list this place, but I wouldn't mind owning it. This is in the right school zone, the right zip code. Um, and this is, you know, I'm, I'm asking you guys like, are you are are you willing to step out of your comfort zone if if it if you've got someone that's willing to take that risk with you? Like, are you willing to to make more than a six percent commission on this house and turn it into an annuity? And how do you do that? And I meet so many realtors who and, and it, it man it pisses me off when brokers do this, but so many brokers you know they condone everyone buying real estate because they get paid on commissions, but they don't want their own agents buying real estate and having a portfolio and doing deals. And I, I have a problem with that, but I think that more realtors should be engaged. We shouldn't be passing these deals on all the time. Like it's great to say, Oh my God, I sold it in a day. That meant it was probably underpriced and you maybe you should have bought it. Right. So what, for the folks that are listening that, that do want to start building a portfolio and, and do want to take advantage of some of these deals they're finding in probate. Cause a lot of times we have opportunities to buy these at, you know, 80 cents on the dollar all day long. Um, you know, and then obviously there's, there's opportunity to buy them at way less than that. But most families are okay taking 80 cents on the dollar. So let's talk about the, the kind of the long-term buy and hold programs you guys have that might benefit them. Certainly. So there's, there's really two paths with that and you're a hundred percent correct. You know, a lot of the, the realtors we know, and I'm still a realtor, um, it's a transactional business and you've got to eat, you've got to get paid and you're looking at, you know, getting a 6% commission or 3% commission because it's a big chunk of change versus, you know, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to make $200 a month and overage on you know, my rent. Um, so it's really about having an honest conversation with the realtors and saying, you know, do you just want to be a transaction guy? What did you do for me last month? Or do you want to have continual passive income coming in that also gives you tax advantages, which is huge. And that's really big to us. So we have really two, two different paths for this. Uh, the first would, would be, you know, you buy it, it's in disrepair. And we, one of the reasons we reached out to you is we love your model. Uh, we do a lot of business with the state attorneys, but yours is scalable and it's already scalable. That's where we genuinely appreciate this opportunity. Um, but, you know, if grandma lived in the house, um, let's say it's a duplex or it's a single family or it's an apartment building, but it needs, you know, bringing up to date. Maybe you're going to put um, Section 8 in there. Maybe you're going to use some type of government housing and you have to get it to meet code. So we could provide the financing um, in the first scenario, which would be up to 85% um, to um, do the fix, you know, of the property, maybe up to 24 months to do the repairs. And then you could refinance out. So if you get the money to buy the, buy the loan, excuse me, buy the house and get the money for the repairs, and then we could look at long-term financing for you. And that's the second part of this equation. 
which is let's say the property's okay. It doesn't really need anything. You can go in and put some paint on it, maybe a little bit of carpet, do it yourself out of pocket. No problem. Um, that product is going to be uh, 25% down payment, but it just qualifies on the asset itself, which is everything that we qualify on. You know, it's one thing I didn't mention in the qualifications part is um, we look at your credit, but I don't, we're not looking at your tax returns. We're not looking at your debt uh, to income ratio. We're looking at the asset itself. And on the long-term buy, what we're looking at is the ability for the property to sustain itself. Uh, we're looking for a 1 to 1.2 ratio. So if you're buying the house, you put 25% down, uh, you would, uh, let's say your all-in payment was $1,000 and your rents were $1,200, you qualify. I don't care about your car payments. I don't care about your regular mortgage. I don't care about your other investment properties. I'm concerned about this asset that there is enough money and overage that you have a profit in it. Um, Pre-COVID, we had a one-to-one ratio, which I thought was uh, very aggressive, and that has not come back. It may um, come back, um, but this ensures you're going to have some some spending money. You know, um, have a little extra money if the water heater breaks or you need a handrail, things of that nature. Um, we can offer a three-year, five-year, seven-year, and ten-year arm. Uh, those rates are very attractive. Uh, they are roughly in the mid uh, on the arms, um, mid fives to low sixes. Um, but the 30-year fixed rate, the, 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 the uh, yield curve on it is so close that the 30-year fixed rate is in the 6% range. So low sixes to high sixes for 30-year fixed. And that's not conforming rates today, which are in the 3% range, but it's still historically exceptionally good. And it makes the money so affordable that it really keeps those monthly payments down and your rents are continuing to rise in most areas and it helps you be able to afford the properties. It's a great avenue. We do include on that, on that product, you must have your property taxes and homeowners insurance escrowed, uh, which is nice. So you're not chasing around looking, making sure you made your uh, insurance payment or your property taxes, everything's included. So it's just like if you have a traditional mortgage uh, through Fannie or Freddie, it's just like that 30 year fixed. Yeah, so hopefully it's clear to you guys. I mean, you've got hard money lending on one end of the spectrum, um, conventional or community bank financing on the other. I think these guys hold hold a really strong position right in the middle. So you can almost, I won't say that it's it's mentorship, but you know, just like with a community bank, you've got somebody that's underwriting, you know, asset based asset asset based underwriting. I'm tongue tied today. That, that's really making sure you don't get yourself into trouble into an unsustainable position. Um, and I will say that like your, your terms are more generous than a community bank right now. I mean, a lot of, a lot of community banks went from like 1.2 to like 1.33 or 1.35 debt coverage ratios, um, uh, you know, during COVID and, and everybody seems to be rolling back their LTVs, right? Like people are, are, get, are willing to give less and less. Uh, a lot of hard money lenders I've spoken to, they've actually rolled back to 65 LTVs on, on everything. Uh, GSE lenders like Fannie and Freddie, some of the multifamily properties we were refinancing, they went from um, an 80% LTV on a cash out refi to a 65 LTV to a 40% loan to cost at the closing table after docs were notarized. So lenders are are tightening their belts. It's harder to get your investors qualified through even, you know, even sources where we thought we had sound finance strategies. 
that whole world kind of shifted in the last three months. And I think a lot of banks aren't, aren't admitting just yet, but we've got uh, like over $10 trillion and basically junk grade corporate debt that, that these banks have to struggle with over the next two or three years. So having a lender that can act quickly and doesn't have a lot of, a lot of distressed assets on their balance sheet can be the difference in getting a deal or not. And I, I believe we're headed into an environment where it's going to be important to have those, those relationships with multiple lenders. Because I think in, in 12 months, you're going to have more deal flow than you have cash for sure. And you're going to have opportunities, even if you're in brokerage, you're going to look at this and go, my God, if I could have only bought it for that a year ago. And if you don't have your own capital, you should have a relationship with somebody like Rick where you're in a strike position. Like you should have lines of credit for, for your down payment. You should have money saved up. You should have capital reserves in your business for that 25%. So literally in a matter of a couple of weeks, you could change the, the, the outcome of your career. You know, you can, you can grab one of these rental properties instead of passing it along, take that $100,000 in equity by stepping up. And, and it starts with having a good finance strategy in place and having a real relationship with, with a, a lender. And uh, again, we don't invite just anybody to these calls. I think Rick is the kind of person we want to introduce you guys to. He's someone who, who has similar values to you. Um, we all, you know, he, he was attracted to us for the same reasons you were. So, Rick, I'm going to uh, well, just, instead of uh, trying to take care of it in the video, I'll just say in, in the show notes, guys, below the video that you're watching right now, we're going to give you a link to uh, with, with Rick's contact information, um, a link to his website and programs. And can we put an application there too, Rick? Can, they, is it, can we link directly to the application? Yeah, we can. And, and if I could, just real quick. So everything we do is 100% automated. We, we have a sales force. We want to talk to individuals. We want to work through these because oftentimes you need to see what the scenarios are. But 24-7, you can go once you sign up as a member, which just gives you access into your account. You can get proof of funds letters, which basically indicate specifics of what you are looking to do with the property. You know, um, ABC Lenders wants to buy 123 Main Street for $100,000. Um, your investors can put that information in there. Once we have their signed up and we have their info, it'll come out. They can put you as a realtor, as a contact, so it will go immediately out. So if you need to submit an offer, you have a time frame issue, it'll go directly to them and to you, or you could do it yourself at no cost. It's free. Um, your borrowers and or yourself um, can go on and do a pre-application. The pre-application comes over to us. Within an hour or two, we're contacting you and saying, let's talk about your deal what are the particulars of it? Where do you need help? Is it just straight up or, you know, where are the sticking points? And then we send out what's called a conditional approval. Now, the conditional approval on a pre-application is based off of what you're telling me. This is my score. This is my experience. And we're going off of that. We're not pulling your credit. We're just giving you your terms. For those of you that have um, an investment or, or mortgage background, it's like a, a light DO or LP approval. Very simple. Gives you your interest rate, your loan amount, your cost everything soup to nuts. There's a link to documents, um, which is one thing we didn't talk about. We only lend to entities for business purpose um, loans. Um, so we won't lend to an individual. Um, so we need corporation docs and purchase contract, and we need the insurance. And that's really getting us going. There's a link for that and a link to pay for the appraisal. Um, that comes out and you can have it. Your investor can have it. Go ahead. For anyone who doesn't have an entity, and, and if you don't, go get one. Shame on you. But I know some people don't. And also, if, if you don't want to blend 
you know, if, if you are in brokerage and you don't want to blend your, your rental portfolio with your brokerage business, um, as far as forming a single member LLC, all, all you need is five to 10 minutes and 50 to $100 to form your own single member LLC. You don't need an operating agreement. You can just, you know, you can send the articles through. I mean, that should be all you need, right? Or just the, the formation articles. And now, um, yes. and when I first formed my first LLC, I timed it. It was in Virginia. It took seven minutes. And it took me like a week and a half to get my EIN number back from the IRS. But so, and before I could get a bank account. Now you can do it. I've timed myself. I've created companies in under three minutes. And you can have an EIN within the hour because IRS now, they now have a, an online system for that. So if you don't have an entity, don't let that be intimidating to you. It's, it's your, your 50 bucks and, and 50 minutes from having, from form founding, you know, your next company. Um, so if, for anyone who's like, oh, don't let that turn you off, you should have an entity. I, I, I prefer for me, for, for real estate, I like single member LLCs taxed as S corps. And then you, you, you know, buy an umbrella insurance policy to cover for, for additional liability coverage. But, and then within, within that, uh, I, I do a lot with land trust and that's something I haven't asked you, Rick, are you willing to close into a land trust? We have done them, but I'll be, I'll be frank because each one of them are unique and depending on the states where that you're in. And we, the only states that we do not do at this point would be California, North and South Dakota and Nevada, everything else we do. So we would need to see the land trust itself and give it to council just to make sure that we're protected. So the answer is yes, but it depends. We want council to look at it just to make sure that we're protected. Yeah. Um, and because if it goes sideways, you know, because a lot of time in the land trust, there's a lot, maybe a lot of fingers, uh, you know, individuals in it. And we want to make sure that what we see, where we've had problems go in the past is there's disagreements among the individuals who are in that trust um, that have caused us some issues. So we just want to make sure that if it's going sideways, we have the ability to remedy it. That's all. But um, so any, anyone who doesn't have an entity, if they're applying with you today as a person and you come back and be like, hey, we need an LLC. I mean, they're, you're literally within an hour of getting that done, right? And you guys yeah, are and, okay and, Perfectly okay. The only thing that we would tell you is this is after years and years of experience is when you're buying the properties, you know, a lot of these would be through you know, the estates, so you shouldn't have an issue. But if it is, say, a bank owned REO, um, that if you put yourself personally as the buyer, uh, again, take everything you know about traditional lending and throw it out the window. You, you give us an addendum and put your name on it, we don't care. We're still ready to fund. The problem is if the asset managers say it's Sage Acquisitions or somebody else handling a Fannie or Freddie or, or VA, um, and they they want to change it. You want to change it to your LLC. They may have the problem because they didn't sell it to the LLC. They sold it to the individual. So up front, if you come in with a contract and it's got your name on it, no problem. But I'm not going to lend you individually. Just give me an addendum changing it to the LLC. We don't have a problem. Just want to make sure you're protected up front. You're not doing all this work. And then the seller says, no, no, we can't sell to an LLC because it didn't meet the time frame, you know, of when it was only offered for primary residents and not to investors. That's the only thing I would say. And, and the LLC, as you're you know, duly pointing out, it's very easy to set up. And that corporate umbrella, especially if you get an insurance policy, protects you from so much. And you really want to make sure you're doing this. If you're trying to buy properties to, to build generational wealth or passive income from you, you need that protection. And you, as you're indicating, you do it as an LLC and do it as an S-Corp, taxes an S-Corp, gives you a lot of tax advantages too. Yeah. So like I do single member LLC taxes and S corp, you set up payroll and pay yourself a regular, you know, a reasonable payroll. 
and you're saving 7% on FICA, almost 7% on FICA right off the mm-hmm. top. And then, you know, there, there's, there's many advantages of doing that. So don't, don't be intimidated by that. If, if you're anyway, that, that was just a thought. It was kind of a rabbit hole, but I know a lot of folks don't have entities and, and we commonly get those questions and it's, it's not, it shouldn't be a big intimidating thing. Now, if you have partners, if you have more than one person, you do need an operating agreement and you do need to have counsel. In my opinion, don't, don't go to legal doom or, or some online service. When you get more than one person involved in an entity, that should be carefully structured. But if it's a single member and it's just you, like most of you guys are probably solopreneurs, just you can, you can do this in a matter of minutes and be, and be lendable. Um, so anyways, just wanted to take, make a, make a point that you're not disqualified just because you don't have an entity today. If I could mention one thing too, and um, we're ultimately concerned. Our main goal is that our borrowers are successful and We've done this for so long, and one of the kind of overlooked but very important issues that we deal with is title. We don't allow any general exceptions. So, you know, if the utility company comes in and they you have an, you have an easement for utilities or whatever, we want to see that. And we'll see this a lot sometimes on estates. We definitely see it on foreclosures where there's all types of exceptions, you know, in the Schedule B. And we don't take that. We'll take exceptions. But for our protection and really for our borrowers' protection, we want to make sure that there is not a bunch of garbage in there. I mean, we get unreleased tax liens and things of that nature. And we're like, no, you have to remove these. Because we want to ensure that when, if you're either going to refinance it or you're going to sell it, that you have an insurable property. Um, you know, we get a lot of stuff with, you know, survey exceptions. Why are you buying a property that your neighbor's shed is on? Because when you go to sell it or refinance it, you're going to have a problem. Let's resolve it now up front. Um, we're ultimately and very much concerned with your ability to do what you want with the property. And it, it, a lot of times the title companies will say, we're not going to take care of that. We're not going to do that. We say, okay, fine. We'll take it to another title company. And it gets resolved because they're perfectly willing to sell you a title insurance policy, but it just doesn't insure you for that. And if that figure comes in when it's down the road, you've done the project, you're moving on with your life, you're selling it, and you never resolve it, and you don't have a policy that you can pass on as an owner's policy, it sounds very much into the weeds here, but this is a very important thing that we do for all of our clients to ensure that you have marketable title when you move on with this property. It's not just lend you the money and move on. We want to make sure that long-term you're protected, which ultimately protects us too. But it really is a lot of legwork up front that we handle. Most of the time, our borrowers don't even know it. And then we say, hey, all these exceptions, you know, the 35 that they've listed us, we're now down to seven, which are actual ones. 